Wait, wait, I got to pause. There's a Starbucks. Yes. A Starbucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> you had Brian at Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> All right. So- Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, I'm going to skip you all together tonight and head straight for the guest because we've got a limited amount of recording time. I don't need to welcome you to the show. Everyone knows who you are, Sam. (laughs) But let's welcome our guest, Chris, to the show. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Yeah, thanks for being here, Chris. We are going to be talking a little bit about Chris's experience on Royal and Disney here. And uh, Chris, before we dive into that topic, let folks know how many cruises you've been on, what lines you've sailed, that sort of thing. So we've been on three sailings so far. We've done two Disney sailings, and then we've done one Royal Caribbean sailing. So we did a March 2022 on The Dream, doing the four-night out of Port Canaveral. We did a January 2023 sailing on The Wish, doing the four-night out of Port Canaveral. And then March of 2023, we did a four night on Royal Caribbean out of Port Canaveral. So we've 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 done the Nassau private island itinerary um, for all three cruises. Well, let's uh, let's dive right in. Chris, let's start with uh, you returned or you I guess your first Disney sailing. I would say return to sailing your first Disney sailing was right on the heels of the comeback to cruising. What were your first impressions sailing with Disney, you know, in the midst of their sort of recovery from COVID? I was the hesitant party to begin sailing. My wife had done some like when she was younger and I was very on the fence. And so we initially were supposed to sail Royal Caribbean like October of 2020, but COVID happened and then we rebooked and then that got sold out for a private event. And then I was like, okay, this is the sign. We're not going to cruise. And then on our trips to Disney, we kept hearing people talk about how great the cruising was, like how they loved the food, how they loved the characters. So then we finally were like, all right, let's let's try it. We're going to go Disney. Let's let's give it a go. So, you know, there was all the different changing COVID protocols that were kind of happening at that time, but was just blown away. I mean, that first time you walk on a Disney ship and you enter into the Grand Hall and they're announcing your family name. I mean, that is just such a powerful, iconic moment that is just amazing. So it's it's it already starts out just overwhelming you like (laughs) beyond like our travel agent told us like you know be prepared for this and i was still kind of like skeptical and then was just blown away and so you know it it was a great experience you know we booked that um on board on board rebooking discount yes by the the end of the sailing the placeholder yeah we were like it's placeholder (laughs) time i was like we were doing this again so we hadn't really decided when we were going to do that. And so that ended up being our son saw that there was a wish sailing leaving on his birthday. And it was kind of a late summer when he noticed this schedule. So we kind of booked our second one then realizing, hey, this would be a great way. You know, you've done your birthday at Disney World lots. Let's go do a Disney sailing for your birthday. So that was that was kind of when we decided to use that placeholder and repeat that itinerary again. Before we start comparing Disney to Royal for a second, I got to ask about the switch between Disney Cruise Line immediately after COVID on the dream to Disney Cruise Line well past the return to sailing, like right up in spring break territory on the wish. Was that a little jarring to experience that, uh, you know, comparison? 
Yes. So we, you know, being on the dream when they had COVID restrictions, you know, I think it was maybe 60% capacity mate. So we had a very false sense of what cruising would look like. <laughs> so it was definitely, you know, more people on that second sailing on the wish. Overall, you know, the service was still excellent. Everything that we loved about that first cruise was still there on the Wish. And we're used to like Disney Parks experiences where we're really busy. And we were kind of thinking, okay, the say, you know, the cruise line, we won't be quite as busy. But there was still stuff, even after doing two, there's still stuff on the ship that I want to still go do that we didn't even like work in with all of the other things. I mean, there's so much competing, interesting things to go do and experience on the ships that like I was, I was tired. (laughs) I wasn't yeah. really expecting that to be the the true kind of experience going in, but you know, it was it was a little it was a little different. You know, the 2022 sailing on the Dream. A lot of the younger kids weren't sailing because I don't think they had reopened up the Small World Nursery, so like there was not a single stroller on the ship. And then when we were on the Wish in January, that's when I was like, whoa, there's like double strollers going down this cruise hallway. So that was that was a little bit of difference between those two. It was just more of the younger kids were on those sailings, but you know. We still enjoy it. Tell us who's in your who's in your sailing party for these trips. So our first sailing was just my family of four. So I ha- we have a now eleven year old and a six year old, and then my wife and I. So that was for our first sailing. Our second sailing on the Wish, my mom tagged along for that sailing with us. So she and my son shared a stateroom. So that was that was nice to have the connecting staterooms. They opened up the veranda between us, so we could kind of have a little bit larger space out there. So that was. That was nice. And then for the royal sailing, it was just the four of us again for just that ship. Awesome. Now, what made you venture into so you you had obviously um, you know, originally booked a royal, but that Royal Caribbean cruise got canceled. What made you decide to eventually rebook that royal sailing or rebook on royal when you did decide to go into the the Disney uh, you know, cruising experience? Part of it was price. We were looking at like doing something for spring break and, you know, Royal does lots of different specials. Now, I will say the helpful thing was after doing Disney sailing, when we looked at the rooms for doing our first Royal true sailing, we did go from kind of the standard veranda state room up to what they have as their junior suite. It was a really large room and then had not quite the split bathroom like you get on the Disney ships, but it did have a larger bathroom where you had a tub shower combo and not just the corner shower. So I did pick up like, I don't think I would have been happy with the corner shower in in kind of the standard stateroom size bathroom. So that helped us kind of plan a little bit better. I feel like if we had just done the normal royal room with a veranda, I don't think I would have... (laughs) enjoyed that quite as much for our first outing. But having that junior suite gave us a lot of space. You know, it had a huge closet. So that was like what we used as the changing room where you didn't have the split bathroom like you do on the Disney ship. We're like, well, you could just go into this giant closet and then get (laughs) dressed and then not feel like you're cramped. So that was that was nice. And the veranda was a little bit larger. It had two kind of lounge chairs on it. You didn't have much space between the railing and the end of the lounge chair, but that was nice to have that available in addition to kind of the table and two kind of chairs like you get on veranda stateroom on the Disney ships. Which royal ship were you on? We were on Independence of the Seas. 
Ooh, oh, that's the ship I'll be on at the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time this recording comes out, Brian will have already sailed on Independence of the Seas. So uh, let's talk about some of the differences in the booking of uh, Disney Cruise Line versus Royal. Now that you've experienced both, if you can talk about some of the differences in um, how the booking process works. Yeah. So we've used a travel agent for all three of the cruises. So they've they've helped to facilitate part of that. I would say the most noticeable difference is Royal has their schedule out quite a bit further out. So you can kind of look at it and be like, hey, this is here. And then they probably have some kind of tiered pre-booking. But for I think most cruisers, it's just like, hey, it's open and you can go book it. And then almost instantly after it's booked, you can start to book your excursions, book dining packages, book beverages packages. They have kind of, I'd say, 90% of kind of your activities available to to add on to that. So tell us what stuff did you book um, as far as the, the, ki- the things for Royal? I mean, what stuff were you interested in and did you book ahead of time that you wouldn't have been able to sort of book on Disney maybe? So for Royal, we ended up booking Key, which is their kind of, we'll call it Lightning Lane of the Seas. Ah, lightning Lane of the Seas. I like it. It's, it's a fast boarding, right? Or early yes. boarding kind of a it's, thing. It's, it's early boarding. You get some reserve times on the ship for some of the activities. And then you get a welcome lunch. You get a welcome, well, I guess not a welcome, an exiting breakfast for the morning of disembarkation. Then the nice, this is where it was like worth purchasing it, was you got priority disembarkment. So after you finished breakfast, they would have a crew member that had their kind of the key sign that they would hold. And then they walked your group up to go exit. And the morning we were disembarking, they had made an announcement on the ship that they were kind of suspending all disembarkment due to some kind of technical issue. So we were like, okay, well, we'll go to breakfast and finish breakfast. And then it, it seemed like they had resumed. But the line to disembark, you know, on, on Royal, you kind of come in and off the ship midship. So there's there's kind of a forward ramp. And then there's more of like a not quite all the way aft, but probably aft side ramp. So they kind of direct you to kind of two sides exit. Those lines were probably like easily a couple hundred people deep to wait to get off the ship. And then, you know, here, here we come with our little guide with the key <laughs> sign the and keys. just brings us up to the front and says, here they are. And then they scan you off and then off we went. So that was, that was definitely worth it. Yeah. These are only, so the stuff that you're talking about, the only way you can get those on those benefits on Disney is by sailing on con- in concierge because you do get um, early embarkation and priority disembarkation with basically an escort to the exit where you tap out, but you're paying a huge upcharge of course for concierge. So I imagine that this keys add on is not the difference between regular sailing and concierge. You're remember about how much it costs per person? I want to say it ended up being, it was under a hundred per person. Wow. Yeah. We had, we had booked and I want to say it was probably even maybe closer to like 75 per person because we had booked it once. And then with Royal, if they offer a better rate, you can cancel and then rebook and then they refund you your payment. So they actually had, I think on Black Friday, they did a sale on it. So it already bought it at like 20% off. And then this pushed it to like 30% off. So I went and rebooked this. And so it wasn't, and it includes, you know, onboard Wi-Fi. So it was like, if, you, if you're going to buy the Wi-Fi, it's not that much more than adding this on mm-hmm. um, to, to get this kind of 
her. For those interested, just real fast, because I actually bought the key for our upcoming sailing because I'm sailing with a friend who said, go on, buy the key. Uh, and it includes this priority disembarkation access, a carry-on bag drop-off with delivery to your stateroom. So you can actually drop your carry-on bags and they'll take them to your stateroom for you. An exclusive welcome lunch in the main dining room um, featuring a, a signature menu. Sometimes it's the same menu as Chop, which is, I think, one of the specialty restaurants. You can get like a lunch basically from Chop. Uh, 20% off all specialty restaurants when you make a reservation on day one of your sailing. So if you wait to get on board and make a reservation, you can get 20% off. Uh, access to the fast lane at onboard activities and private time at the flow rider if they have one. Priority departure at tender ports of call from ship to shore. Uh, dedicated seatings at show in the main theater, Aqua Theater, Studio B, and 270. Uh, internet streaming for one device, high speed, and uh, priority disembarkation. So it is a lot of stuff for... <laughs> <laughs> what is a negligible upcharge uh, on the royal side to get basically all of these benefits on Disney? Yeah, you'd have to pay concierge to get. And some of them aren't even like concierge guests don't get free included high speed internet access. So dear Disney. Dear Disney, listen to what Royal's doing. We'd pay for that. <laughs> yeah. And on the older ships, the smaller ships, like we didn't have the reserve seating. I think that's more on the larger, newer ships that they've got. Oh, for the shows. Okay. For the shows. Like they're supposed to be kind of an area where they have kind of like a marquee set up. So, you know, like you go there and you show them, you know, you're trying to remember what they call their card. Um, I'll say C pass for not being on top of my room key card brands. Were there things like trivia or karaoke or family game shows, things like that, that you all participated in on Royal, you know, similar to what what's, uh, what is available on Disney or were those things not just not there? They had them. Some of the themes were like things we'd be interested in. And then some of the themes were just more like pop culture that our son wouldn't have really enjoyed that much. They did do a Disney song trivia and we were like, okay, we'll go do that one. And so we got down there like maybe 10 minutes before it was going to start. And it was so packed. There was like hardly anywhere to stand. And so he was like, we don't need to stay for this. So I think that was, you know, I think that was the difference. The kids club. So the nice thing on, you know, the Disney ships is for your kids and tweens and teens. They'll list out different activities through the app that you can kind of, you know, flag and be able to go do. Royal didn't really have a lot of that. It just kind of had, oh, the space is open. And then I remember there was one we had looked at because it was family gaga ball. So we're like, okay, we'll go check this out. So I clicked the details and it was like ages 12 to 17. What? That's not family. <laughs> so that was like, I was like, I was like, okay, so I guess it's not really family. And both kids are under 12. So I guess we won't do that one. So <laughs> I found, I found there was just different things like that where you knew like on Disney, they'd have different programming. The one from the dream that we remember the most is our son's a huge Pluto fan. So they had the slumber party with Pluto. Yes. Like, we have to go do this. Our son is a huge Pluto fan too. So he likes the slumber. We have two or three of those Pluto pillowcases in our yep, house. Each kid, each kid has one on their bed. Uh, sleeps with it every night. They've got their they've got their Pluto pillowcases from the slumber party. So, you know, I didn't really notice any of that royal kind of having, you know, I knew there were going to be Disney characters showing up, but just having kind of like planned, you know, on the wish, the big one they did was like, you know, the cupcake ones, they do the bake off. And then, you know, they designed the cupcake. space goo or something like that. Yeah. Where they make slime. Yeah. Now, did the kids enjoy going to the kids club when it was just the regular kid time? You know, rather when, when I say that, I mean, not necessarily during a particular program, but just when the, you know, it's open for kids for entry and not for everybody else. So on Royal Caribbean, we registered them for the kids club, but neither one of them wanted to go do kids club. Oh, 
interesting. kind of took a they kind of took a peek and they're like, ah, uh, we don't really think we want to come back and do this. And we're like, okay. Oh wow. What was yeah. the turnoff? What was the turnoff for them? Did they say? I think it's more of just the general space. I mean, it seemed to be they had the open house and the one that would have, our daughter would have gone to. She's the six year old, and so she kind of looked around and she's like, "Oh, this kind of looks like my preschool class." I don't, I don't need. So she was thinking like school preschool. This is going to be for babies. We could go and take a peek in the one Logan could have done as kind of their tween older kid club, but he kind of looked in. It was kind of a small space, so he was kind of like, "Hmm." So they definitely missed all the different interactive pieces that they have through the Disney ships. Yeah. I wonder if it was also an issue, the fact that they'd be going to two different clubs, right? On Disney, they would have been in the same, well, you know, they could go to the lab or the club on the dream or on the wish there only is the club, um, but has obviously all the different rooms. Do you think that that factored in? I mean, I know there's pluses and minuses, I think, to having three to 12 year olds in the same space. Of course, I don't think anyone would say that's the perfect model, but it does allow older and younger siblings to be together often. I don't I don't think that factored too much into it. I think they were kind of like, ooh, we'll get our own space this time where you can't boss me around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) You know, I think it was just really, they were just, you know, I think they were just so used to that Disney experience and they've both had different, you know, they ended up both loving worlds of Marvel and the Marvel play space and the game on the wish. Like, I think that's what they spent nearly 90% of their time in the kids club doing was playing the game in the Avengers set up there. So, you know, I think they were looking for like, oh, we want to go do this. And that was that was not there. So it's that's a hard that's a hard compare, though, because to be fair to Royal, like the wish literally has the best kids club. I think I'll probably ever see in my life. I mean, I don't know, maybe they'll do it even better on the treasure and maybe on the ship after that. Who knows? But like the wish just took it up multiple notches, in my opinion, from the dream and the fantasy. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's really hard, I think, to go from the wish to another cruise lines kids club. Right. And and I'll give the parent warning. So on on this ship on Royal, the kids club is past their arcade. So you have to walk through the arcade to get to them. That's a nightmare. So they were like, ooh, let's go do this. I'm like, we're not going to pay to do this. So I was glad when they didn't act like they really wanted to go back a lot because I knew every time it was going to be a battle Mm -hmm. to say no to do the arcade. This is super good insight for Brian right now because Nathan is a big video game kid. And so like he's going to want to, he's not going to want to go to a kid's club that doesn't have like... I thought the key in included all the video games he could play, does it? I thought, I thought that I got like free poker for the the whole cruise. Shoot. Yeah. So oh, wow. that's, you know, that's a different, that's a different vibe there too. So this, this one took me so by surprise. So I'm walking through the, you know, the main concourse on Royal and I was by the smoking section of the casino and I'm like cigarette smoke, like inside the ship. And it just like oh, weird, hit me. right? And yeah. it was very, yeah. I was like, okay, hmm. All right. This is a little different. And my son was like, oh, Because they, you know, like they'll put on all of your different things. By your second night, you have so much credit, you can go down to the casino to go use. And my son was like, you need to go do this. You need to go gamble. (laughs) You need to, to, you you know, you could win a cruise. You can win a cruise. Little does he know, the house always wins. (laughs) So that was, that was one of the interesting pieces there is, you know, so that's, I think that's part of the different vibe is you've got the casino on board, which is not on 
any Disney ship to date yet. So, you know, shopping is a big focus on like the Royal, like, you know, you're walking through areas and you're like, oh, we've got this promotion. We've got this sale going on today. Oh, we've got t-shirts, buy one, get one free. We've got handbags <laughs> for $5. And it's, it's very much geared towards that. And so... Could you, could you even imagine, Sam, if Disney was like, buy one, get one free t-shirts? Like, oh my I can't, God. I can't even imagine that happening yeah. on a Disney ship. It would like, be, they were, all the t-shirts would be gone in five minutes. <laughs> um, Chris, I want to go back to something you said about the pool area. So is it a culture of get up early, reserve your seats, because if you don't, you're just going to not be able to get in the pool? And did they have any like adult pool areas on board or was it just all one deck of anybody can use these pools? So on Royal, they have the Solarium, I believe is the name of the adults only area. That was a really nice area. We... And it's indoor, right? That part? It's indoor. It's indoor. We ended up having to like cut through it because we missed a turn somewhere when we were first learning the ship. So we kind of snuck through it. And I was like, well, we'll just walk through quickly. Like no one will yell at us in the 20 seconds it'll take us to get through. But that was a really nice area. The couple times that I kind of went through it just to check things, that area was not super busy. The other pool area stayed fairly busy through most of the sailing when we would go out. So I would say getting there earlier is probably better to make sure you've got chairs. They have signs up saying, you know, no reserving spaces will come through. Oh, and this is another kind of royal difference is you check out towels. So they'll scan your key card, track your towels. And so you'll do that when you go to uh, Coco Key. You'll, you'll get your towels on the ship and then take them with you. And then when you come back, you turn them in and then they scan your card again. So that was a little different. So you What's have to make the sure they scan. Your, yeah, yeah. Well, they have to make sure you have to make sure they scan your card when you turn your, in your towels, so that you don't get charged for them. Is that yes, yes? Oh my I think it's a That's yeah, crazy. So it's a, yeah, so it's like a twenty-five dollar lost towel charge if they don't get your towel back. Oh my goodness, Brian! You better not lose any towels because I'm going to be pissed if you get charged twenty-five dollars per towel. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Okay, I got to ask you about shows because, you know, I know you're a family of four. So I imagine you weren't doing really late night things and probably didn't get to spend much time in the casino. But I got to ask what the entertainment was like on board. I know I'm not going to, you know, I know I can't expect to see Little Mermaid on stage, but, you know, were there were there any shows available? And, and if so, were, did you and the family go see any of them? So the two shows we did, the first night there was a comedy show that was a little bit earlier. So my son wanted to go to that. So he and I went to that and it was mostly all ages appropriate. I think the more adult humor went over his head for now still. So he he thought it was very funny. Most adults would probably be like, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, he thought it was fantastic. So this was his first comedy show. And then the other show we went to we did is kind of like a dance show. So they went through five or six different styles of dance. That was impressive to see the performers and it was fun, entertaining, but you know, not but a no story with it. Yeah. There, yeah. There wasn't a story with it. They did have the ice skating show. We didn't end up making to that one where Disney is very good about you've got early dinner, late show or early show, late dinner. Royal doesn't really have that. Mm. Like there's like an early show that's in the middle of early dinner or a really late show. 
So you got to make a choice to miss dinner to see a show and go to the buffet. Or you go to, or you go to special. Yeah, I mean, you go to specialty dining or the buffet, which I think is a perfect segue. So let's let's talk dining a little bit. We know they've got a you know a main dining room. We know they've got a buffet, and those are I know both available for dinner. But did you guys do specialty dining? Did you mostly do main dining? And did you do I forget what it's called, but where you have like the flexible dining, or did you have a set dining time? So we did set dining. So we had first seating for dinner. Uh, we just did all main dining for that for that cruise. Each night they had a different kind of themed menu for the evening. So I think the first night was American, and then I think it went Italian, Caribbean, and then French for the four nights. I think is kind of what the themes were. The food was okay. It wasn't bad, but you know I feel like when we've been in the Disney main dining, everybody's had kind of a dish that they loved, and they're like, oh, like this was really good. For most of us, my son had tried the chicken cordon bleu and he's a huge fan. He just sent me a text because he's out in the hall listening in (laughs) about the chicken cordon bleu. So, you know, we we enjoy it because thankfully, like our first Disney server told him, like, you're not going to order on the kids menu. I want you to order from the adult menu. Oh, that's awesome. So he he became a much venturous eater because of that. So that's kind of carried through through our other sailings. So, you know, he he enjoys getting to order off of the adult menu and kind of finding some different things there. So the, the chicken cordon bleu was Logan's big recommendation of of the sailing. I love a good chicken cordon bleu. I mean, it's such a good, such a good dish. <laughs> and they also had kind of an Indian dish each night. So they had kind of this themed menu and then they have a different type of Indian dish each night. So between my wife and I, we typically ordered, you know, a main entree and then one of us would order one of the Indian dishes. And those were all very good. So that was kind of an interesting thing we noticed on this menu. Our servers were really good on Royal. We could tell like when we would go to main dining at lunch from some of the other servers at other tables around us, you know, it was same thing we kind of mentioned about Disney. It's not always consistent from team to team, but our servers on Royal were very good. I wouldn't I wouldn't ding them at all. It was it was kind of that same level of getting to know you. You know, our son was drinking hot tea on that cruise, so they would have his tea ready to go when we'd come down for dinner. What a refined palate your kid has. I mean, he's drinking hot tea, he's eating chicken cordon bleu, and he's ordering off the adult menu regularly. We got to take a note for this, Brian, because we got to get Nathan to do some of this stuff. You know, one of the things we love to talk about on this show, besides Disney Cruise Line, is Adventures by Disney or ABD. And our good friends and show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel have an amazing promotion going on right now. If you've been thinking about doing an Adventures by Disney trip, now is the time to take a look. So for any trips booked through My Path Unwinding, traveling after October 1st of 2023, they are giving you some exclusive rates on Adventures by Disney. And I mean exclusive to My Path Unwinding Travel. So they've got some discounts on Adventures by Disney. They're also giving out a backpack to each family. You can check that out in their Adventures by Disney and National Geographic Expeditions Facebook group. It's been very popular. It's an Adventures by Disney backpack that they are able to give out, one per family. And we should say, all of this is in addition to any promotional rates that Adventures by Disney is offering. You can stack all of this stuff, but you'll get all of these great extras along with the My Path Unwinding expertise in Adventures by Disney because they've taken quite a few of them. So if you are interested in exploring Adventures by Disney, finding out what these discounts are like, just exploring the opportunity to take an Adventures by Disney trip, then head over to My Path 
DCLDuo so they know we sent you their way. And let them know you're interested in Adventures by Disney trip and they will help you out. We love the folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thank you so, so much for sponsoring this show. Now back to our episode. Yeah, I'm, and did you did you do any of the specialty dining on board? Because that's also the, like the hallmark of these Royal Caribbean cruises is, you know, look, family friendly specialty dining, which is not something that Disney does. Did you did you try any of that? We didn't try any of that. We were just kind of, you know, we're, we're typically just main dining, a main dining family. So we looked at kind of some of the menus were and we were like, well, you know, let's just let's just see how this goes. And if we like it and we do another royal sailing in the future, we can figure out if we want to add these in. One of the nice things is the pizza station was set up pretty well. They had kind of the line set up. They had kind of a couple different pizzas there and they 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 moved that line pretty quickly. I don't think we've ever actually tried to get pizza on either of the Disney ships we've been on. The wish is good. The other the other ones are skippable for pizza. It's they're, a great it's a great like fine. late night a late night eat, you know, kind of thing after you've been at the adult bar for a little while, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean they're it's fine. not like they're not they're not bad. They're just the wish has be- the best pizza in the fleet, but none of them are bad. They're says the New Yorker. Know. Oh my god. They're, they're, listen, <laughs> they're serviceable. I'm not saying they're great. None of them are great pizza, even including the wish, but like they're they're fine. Like they're just, you know, they're just serviceable pizza. That's I feel, that's I feel I like they're a them. step and a half above frozen pizza on on board the Disney ships. I mean, it's not terrible. Like I said, I've had it. I will have it again. It's just not, I don't think it's that great. Better than Domino's, <laughs> I'll tell you that. So and then they had and then they had another set. So they had kind of a Starbucks and then there was a like kind of of prepared food station. Wait, wait, I got to pause. There's a Starbucks. Yes. A Starbucks. Oh my God. <laughs> you had Brian at Starbucks. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. So you can, you can buy the Royal Caribbean uh, coffee punch card to get your Starbucks that way, or you can pay a la carte as you go along. Did, did you buy any of the drink packages? Cause that's another big difference between Royal and Disney are the drink. So I, I have like a drink package and then I got a soda package for my son. Did you do drink packages at all? We did not. We looked at it and then we were like, do we drink enough to warrant this purchase? Right. <laughs> no. Because um, yeah, the limitation is like 21 drinks in a day. And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah we're not even going to have to worry about that limitation. for Yeah. Me. <laughs> and, and I think the price for us bumped around to like 80 a day. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, for four people, it's yeah. Yeah. Well, and that would be like, you know, when they always do like buy one, get one 50 off. So, you know, it'd be like 120 if my wife and I were going to like get the diet, get that one included. And then the one for the kids. And we're like, all right, no soda this trip, kids. (laughs) You're stuck with juice, kiddo (laughs) or tea. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then at the little cafe next to the Starbucks, I mean, they had a lot of prepared like finger foods, different little desserts, and that was all very good. So that was a good quick like snack between between meals, between excursions. And that was, I I assume that cafe was like included food versus the Starbucks, which you have to pay for, right? Yes. They had two different lines to go there. So you would kind of go to the Starbucks line or you'd go over to the food line. And then coffee on board, they do Lavazza on board and it's very good. So we were, we were, we were much happier with the coffee on Royal than the Joffrey's on Disney. <laughs> that terrible Joffrey's. We're we're with you, Chris. We do not drink the Joffrey's. I will occasionally have a decaf coffee with dessert in the di- main dining, which is Joffrey's. But other than that, we only get our coffee from the Cove Cafe or if we're staying concierge in the concierge lounge. Yeah. So so we 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 definitely like the coffee much better on on Royal. 
So that was that was good. And like in the room, it had just the, kind of like the Keurig machine. So they had the Lovazava pods in there. And then they had like this really good, like sweetened condensed milk that you could use as your creamer. <laughs> so, you know, we had to use that sparingly because it could be really sweet really quick. What about the pool deck food? Did they have like hamburgers, hot dogs, that sort of stuff uh, stations on the pool deck like they do with Disney where you can grab, you know, your quick serve lunch essentially? So there is a spot on there that they serve burgers and things. The first day on, we went by, they have the fish and chips and that was really good. Hot fried fish (laughs) with some french fries. They did chicken tenders as another option. So that was kind of what we did for the pool food is we just would go over to the fish and chips and pick up a couple of those and everybody was happy with those. So that was that was really good. I was I was not quite sure, but then we saw some people have it. And I was like, oh, that looks really good. So we didn't we didn't venture out to find the burger spot. That was that was kind of enough for us. You know, the Nassau day we got off, we did uh, a guided tour of Nassau so that was, you know, that was where the Royal Caribbean excursion discount pricing comes in. So I think that one, I think we got it for like $60 for the four of us to go do the three hour tour of Nassau. So we were like, well, you know. Yeah. How, how was the, how was the excursion offering overall for Royal? And then I, I want to make sure as we're talking about excursions, we got to talk about Castaway Key versus Perfect Day. But I just want to ask, like, when you look at the offerings between the two lines, pretty similar in terms of what you could do or did Very you find... Similar. Okay. You know, I think I think they use a lot of the same providers. You know, when we looked, you know, we ne- we haven't ever got off the ship in Nassau before, but then for the Royal Caribbean, we were like, well, you know, we'll go ahead and try it. And then when we saw that Black Friday special for like sixty dollars, we we're like, okay, here's what we're going to go do. So I would say, you know, it's very it's very similar things. Like it's the couple different tours of Nassau. They've got the couple ones that take you over to the to the islands to go do. Um, I feel like the island ones that require, you know boat transportation i don't really like they would run some specials on those but it wasn't as good as that deal was to do the bus tour of of nassau so we got we got to talk about perfect day uh you've ex- I, I assume let me just back up because you know the ship doesn't always make it into castaway key but i assume you made it into castaway key on at least one of your sailings both we've made it in both okay how did castaway key compare to perfect day at coco k or the reverse i i just want to know sort of which one held your interest or what were the 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 big differences so we opted not to do the water park tickets at perfect day we we kind of looked at what the cost would be and our daughter is a thrill seeker she's not quite to the full height for everything that's why i haven't really done a lot at universal yet is she can't do everything and she loves that thrill stuff. So we kind of looked at some of the stuff there. And we're like, okay, we better not because if we get there and she can't do these, she's going to be on a happy camper. So let's just, you know, check out the rest of the island. You know, the pool space was really nice. You have a swim up bar and, you know, in the pool there. So that's, you know, the kids got a kick out of that. And we ordered them virgin pina coladas at the swim up bar and they thought that was just fantastic. Oh, that's um, so cute. <laughs> and they've got a couple different beach areas with lots of lounge chairs. So that because there were two royal ships there that day. So even with two ships there, we got off fairly early. It didn't seem to be too overwhelming. Later in the day, closer to lunchtime, you, we could tell areas were kind of more crowded, but off in the morning, pretty much had kind of a pick of where you wanted to go. Food. So, you know, food on perfect day, unfortunately, edges out Disney, you know, cookies and cookies too. Um, yeah, we've heard <laughs> the food's really good. We've heard it's similar style, but we've heard... Yeah, we've heard the food on on 
perfect days better in some ways. So they have a couple spots that are like like fried chicken, like sandwich places. They do funnel cakes there. Those are really good. So they have a couple of those stands set up around the island. And so you just go up there and, you know, order those. So we found that food to be really good. I think there was like mozzarella cheese sticks were one of the things they had there. You know, it was a limited menu, but it was hot and fresh. We went over and did some of the buffet food. I would say like the buffet food was probably very similar to what we get on Castaway Key. The difference in the little food stands was was pretty was pretty huge. And they do have like some of the little prepared sandwiches. Um, they have some of those over on by the buffet area. So if you didn't want to necessarily go through the buffet, they had some of the kind of the more kind of a little bit lighter kind of fare where I feel like everything on Disney's Island is all pretty heavy. Like it's, it's you know, the barbecue chicken, the ribs, the burger. Um, so the potato chips. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing healthy about anything that you can eat at cookies or cookies too. <laughs> yeah. So you could probably find some slightly healthier options on Perfect Day, but you know, they, they had a lot of similar kind of buffet food items. So we had got a little bit of that and I was like, oh, that's kind of similar. But the but the little stands that had the chicken sandwiches, the funnel cakes, and the mozzarella sticks, that was definitely that was definitely the way to go. Yeah, that sounds delicious. And Brian loves a fried chicken sandwich. And I mean, who doesn't love a funnel cake, right? Like you think you feel like you're at a fair. I would love to try one. (laughs) Yeah, you're just like, here's the beach and here's my funnel cake. (laughs) (laughs) Now, was the beach as nice as, you know, as Castaway? I feel like Castaway is a pretty nice beach. Um, You know, was was perfect day. was, Was it a nice beach? It was. It was. It was nice. We had we had some onboard credit we had got. Somehow, I think it must have been through the travel agent. So we used that to get some beach mats to use. And the kids had a good time going out in one of the little kind of cove areas there. So the beach area was nice. We didn't feel like we needed to go snorkeling on that one. We're on Castaway Key. We're always kind of like, let's go do the snorkeling to go check out all the artifacts. So that's, you know, for our kids right now, it's a good, you know, Castaway Key is a pretty good spot because it's got things that we enjoy like when we did the wish we finally like you know the first time we were on the island we never made it over to pelican's plunge and we made it over there on on our wish sailing and i was like man this is fun like water slide into the ocean how fantastic yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't get a nose full of water which is what happens to me so. <laughs> yeah but you know we and we've we've hiked you know we've made the kids hike out and or bike out to the lookout point on castaway so that's really you know they've had fun with with doing that so you don't really have that part i mean you could go do the zip line across <laughs> right coco k but um i think if you've got older kids that have probably outgrown castaway key then definitely they're going to be thrilled by you know oh, a huge water park that's over there but for some of the younger kids that may not be ready for those type of high-speed water slides. I feel like Castaway Key still does a pretty good job of of having options that they enjoy that doesn't make you as a parent miserable that they're unhappy and can't do anything. So that's that's kind of the balance there for us is, you know, what what would we all enjoy that keeps everybody in a pretty good mood? So I, I want to ask, I've got, I got three questions here for you in s- hopefully somewhat rapid succession to start to wind us down. So the first one is, I think a big complaint people have sometimes about Royal Carnival others is, yeah, the base fare is low, but I'm getting nickel and dimed once I'm on. What's your reaction to that kind of a, a comment having sailed Disney and Royal? Did you feel nickel and dimed once you got on board? I wouldn't say I felt nickel and dimed. There's so many different add-on options depending on what you want that, you know, we made 
budget related decisions be like, well, we're not going to add this on. We're not going to do this excursion. We're not going to add, you know, this into the mix. So I feel like if some of those things are important, by the time you add those in, you're probably not looking at that price disparity that's initially there. But, you know, with Royal, there's stuff everywhere always reminding you like, hey, you could get this cup and get as many drinks as you want. And, you know, they're all over the ship where you're going to walk by it. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. And I'd say like the other piece there is like the, you know, so like on the Disney ships, you get the charms. You know, you can go to the jewelry store to get right, the charms. The Pandora charms, yeah. And it's, you know, it's pretty low key. You know, you go and they're like, oh, here's your charm and send you on your way. With Royal, it was all tied to a sales presentation. So you had to hear kind of this big spiel for the night and here's their promotion. And, you know, tonight we're doing this brand. The jewelry is priced over this for, you know, $1,500 off. And then once they get through all of this, then they're like, oh, if you want a rope, here's your, because they call them royal ropes because there's little bracelets they can wear. Then you can get your royal rope. So there's all these kids that are waiting to get their rope. For their charm. Yeah. Or their rope. Yeah. And you're hearing kind of this jewelry pitch. So, you know, the first night my son almost won the raffle of the, of the jewelry prize. And so he was then like hooked, like, oh, I was off by one number. We've got to go back to see if I can win. So, you know, that's just, that's just kind of the different vibe there is, you know, there's, there's all this geared towards spending and, you know, I didn't go into the casino, but I'm sure the casino (laughs) quickly, (laughs) quickly, quickly despairs. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If, if, if you're somebody like you, Chris, who can really resist some of this, um, this marketing, this in your face marketing, I'll say that. Cause it sounds like it's a little, it's certainly more in your face than on Disney, right? You're probably still going to have that disparity between the cost of Disney and the cost of Royal, right? But if you're somebody who is prone to maybe impulsive decision making with that kind of marketing, maybe something like this is not a great choice. Because you could easily rack up lots of extra, (laughs) extra, extra room charges pretty easily. All right. So my next question is, give me one thing now having experienced Royal and Disney, give me one thing that Disney's doing better than Royal and one place where Disney has an opportunity. (laughs) Let's put it that way. (laughs) So, you know, Disney's definitely like the kids, you know, the, the, I would say it's the family approach, you know, just from how they design the rooms, how the bathroom is split, just that approach is going to be hard to beat probably through most cruise lines. Where could Disney improve? I think part of it would be revamping the island food. You know, I think that's the weak point of the Disney experience is, you know, you're having all of this fantastic food. You get off on the island and then it's kind of just okay. and hot dogs. Yeah. 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 Like, (laughs) you know, I feel like that could be revamped in a way that doesn't detract too much, but is on par with what you're getting on the ship. All right. My last question, and I'm going to break this into sort of two audiences, you and your kids. Who are your kids going to say, dad, we got to book a cruise on X and maybe you and your, your, your wife, who are you booking a cruise with? Kids? Definitely Disney. My wife and I. So here's, here's where it gets a little tricky. If I know we're looking at a very itinerary heavy sailing, I would be okay looking at someone other than Disney. Mm -hmm. Like Europe or something. Yeah, because, you know, the appeal of the Disney ship is all the things that happen on board. And if I know I'm going to be getting off a lot, which remorse am I going to have more like missing things on the ship or missing things on the excursion? Where if I know I'm doing a European cruise on a royal ship, I'll have no problem getting off that ship to go explore for the day and then coming back and passing out where with a Disney ship, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go have this day. And then there's going to be some kind of great entertainment tonight. I'm going to want to see. So I really think it would be kind of some of our port of call 
are we going to be more on ship or are we going to be off ship a lot? And I'd kind of try to balance that. So, you know, we do we do have a late spring break cruise scheduled next March on Disney on the Wish. We're taking my dad on this one with us. He wasn't quite ready to try sailing when we went in January and my mom came, but then she loved it. And he's like, I'm not missing another one. I'm oh, going. that's awesome. I love it. Are you going to get adjoining staterooms again? We're going to do adjoining staterooms. We're doing just a three night for that one. He has autonomic neuropathy, so he's kind of worried about how he's going to feel on the ship. So we're like, let's just do a short sailing to try this out to make sure you don't get on there and are like miserable for the entire time. And depending on how that test run goes, our goal is to hopefully add on an Alaska one in a year or two to go experience that one because this is like on the bucket list. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap it up with value. Who's the better value? Not cost, because Royal's going to win on cost. Yeah, value doesn't mean price, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like for money spent, the value you receive back from the cruise line with your vacation experience, who do you think wins? I would say Disney. Wow. Wow. All right. All right. Well, I will have my own thoughts and reactions on Royal Caribbean here soon enough for all of you listeners uh, out there. So stay tuned for that. But for now, Chris, just want to say thank you for taking the time to come on and share your experiences with both cruise lines with us. Uh, hope to have you back at some point once you uh, when you sail again. But for now, we'll just say thank you for uh, for sharing the experience with all of our listeners out there. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.